Well, Miss Normus, shall we shag now or shag later? Welcome to Cruising It, the podcast where we watch and discuss all of Tom Cruise's films in chronological order. I'm your host, Donovan Bruce, and with me as always is Andrew Mount. Yeah, baby! (laughs) Is that what you want to go with? I prepared that quote beforehand and didn't just panic and say the first thing that came to my head right now. You want to look up a quote? No, keep going. And Mason Coots, bitch. Uh, Hey, everybody. Drink of the night is Easy Peasy IPA so inconsistent with your drink of the night easy peasy lemon squeezy on today's episode we're discussing can i taste that yeah thanks <laughs> god damn it <laughs> Sorry, where are you going gentlemen on today's episode we're discussing austin powers in gold member a spy comedy starring mike myers as austin powers a spy who struggles to win his father's affection while trying to save the world from new threat gold member what'd you guys think <laughs> i did not like that drink that I just took. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's really just a hint don't, of citrus yeah it's mostly it, it tastes like beer i don't like beer <laughs> Also, uh, you know what? I got a lot of nostalgia for this movie uh, because I saw it when I was like, what, 12 or whenever the hell it came out? When I was a youngin, and uh, I enjoyed it then because I was a youngin, and it does not hold up at all. I think I remember not liking this movie even when I was a kid. Like, I enjoyed the first two, but this one was just, even when I was younger, didn't like it. Maybe I maybe I had gotten too old by that point. This one did come out later. It did come out a bit later. Uh, I wrote a short list of all the things that I enjoyed in this movie: the opening and closing cameos, the (laughs) dance numbers, uh, the physical comedy, and Michael Caine somewhat. And uh, everything else (laughs) was bad, in my opinion. Uh, Well, all right, but there were some bright spots, you know. Yeah, there were there were Danny DeVito especially. Danny DeVito, fantastic. They should have just cast Tom Cruise in this movie and done a lot more physical comedy. Uh, Okay, fine. On that (laughs) note, let's uh, let's go ahead and get through this uh, this discussion here. Dr. Evil plans to travel back in time to 1975 and bring back Johan van der Smoot, also known as Goldmember, who developed a cold fusion unit for a tractor beam, which Dr. Evil names Preparation H. He intends to use the tractor beam to pull a meteor into the Earth, uh, striking the polar ice caps and causing a global flood. Moments after this plan is revealed, Austin Powers and the British Secret Service attack the base and arrest Dr. Evil. Austin is knighted for his services, but is disappointed when his father, the famous super spy Nigel Powers, does not attend the event. Basil Exposition later informs Austin that Nigel has been kidnapped, and the only clue is that the crew of his his yacht have had their penises painted gold. You got it in there. Yeah. <laughs> I made him say penis. Uh, you didn't know his name was Basil Exposition, did you? I didn't. <laughs> a clever joke from the earlier movies. <laughs> I knew his name was Basil. I didn't know his last name was Exposition. <laughs> that is actually a good joke. Uh, 
Um, Very little else was, though. Yeah, I don't know. I hated all this. I mean, all, we... all of the good jokes are really either rehashes or just like the names that came from the first movie. Yeah, I'm a little upset that you didn't do the finger quotes around tractor beam. No, tractor beam. Well, yeah. this is an audio, yeah, audio production, <laughs> production. Yeah, yeah, but not you a can, visual. No. So yeah, they I, know. You just have to point the mic at your fingers. Oh, it's, it's okay. They get it. Yeah, which we will call Preparation H. Why not just call it Preparation Ass Cream? <laughs> anyway. I hate this. I just... <laughs> I don't even... I, what do I... What is left to say after I just say that I hated everything? Yeah. I'm uh, disappointed in myself for how much of this movie I remembered. I think I remember the entire yeah. Daddy Wasn't There song. <laughs> yes. I remember the twins, Basil, twins joke. Uh-huh, no, uh-huh. Fuck you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no. Fantastic joke. A joke uh, which can... was essentially repeated by the gentleman. Yes. In the year 2020. Oh, we, we can we can talk about uh, how um, how much they lean on that mole joke. It's a, it's a fun one. Oh, yeah, that does start in the first section, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, it might. Yeah, I don't... I, I don't it may not I, this start is, This later. probably isn't going to go into detail, oh, <laughs> this, uh, this recap. It, so. it shouldn't. It already looks like there's way more detail than than I would imagine it needs. Yeah. Plus, we've already gotten past the best scene in the movie at this point. The uh, yeah. The opening oh, yeah. production. I guess, yeah, this is the Tom Cruise part at the beginning. I guess we should talk about Tom yeah, Cruise's the, only appearance in this movie. The way the recap does, it actually talks about that at the end. Okay. But, um, but yeah, the beginning of this movie is basically a, a Hollywood production of Austin Powers called Austin Pussy. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. A play that, on classic Bond film, uh, James Pussy. Octopussy, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, where Austin Powers is played by our man Tom Cruise. So, this is one scene in this movie. He has two lines. Shall we shag now or shag later? And, yeah, yeah baby. baby. <laughs> uh I was quoting Tom Cruise at the beginning and oh. not Mike Myers. Just to really, because I saw a lot of like visual panic when I was going through, and you realized you didn't have a quote, what? even though you were getting mad at me for being ready and not I actually don't think <laughs> that matters. We don't need to go behind the scenes for our audience. They've already stopped listening to this episode. Hopefully, yeah, or probably never started listening to it to begin with. It's yeah. true. Okay, cool. So Austin visits the imprisoned <laughs> Dr. Evil, who tells him that Goldmember is behind the abduction. Time traveling to 1975, Austin infiltrates Goldmember's roller disco club and is reunited with his former lover, FBI agent Foxy Cleopatra, who is undercover as a disco singer. With Foxy's help, Austin locates his father, but is unable to rescue him. Goldmember takes Nigel through Dr. Evil's time machine into the present day. Foxy wants revenge on Goldmember for murdering her partner and accompanies Austin in his pursuit. In the present, Dr. Evil and Minnie instigate a riot in their prison, allowing them to escape. A British intelligence mole named Number 3 informs Austin that Dr. Evil has moved to a new lair near Tokyo. Austin and Foxy travel to Tokyo and confront Fat Bastard, who is now a sumo wrestler, and Fat Bastard explains that a Japanese businessman, Mr. Roboto, is working on a device for Dr. Evil and Goldmember. Well... Shout out to one of the few good jokes of the movie at the, at the start of this little bit. The mole part. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Uh, yeah, the mole number three. <sighs> Dear God, no, uh, no. When when uh, when Austin's leaving the maximum security prison and Doctor Evil just opens his cell door. Yeah, but see, 
Andrew brought up a very good point <laughs> when this happened, is that they have good jokes uh-huh. and then immediately ruin them by explaining them. Repeatedly. Yeah. yeah. Repeatedly like, explaining like that one would That one would have been really good because he's like, he's like, run, Mr. Powers, fly, fly. To, you know, referencing yeah. Silence in the Lambs, but accidentally <laughs> opens his cell door and then slowly closes it. Stop right there. It's a good joke. But he's like, I'll get it. It's like, you don't yeah. have to say that. You, see, you don't need to call it, out the joke. You're undermining we, your own joke. Got it. Yeah, the, the movie really treats everyone who's watching it like they're just complete morons. Which, admittedly, I was when I was 13, 14. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. I don't um, know. Could you edit this into a decent movie? Maybe. Is it, like, does it have the pieces there? I don't know about this one. If you cut out the fat bastard scene. and like <laughs> All of the fat all, bastard scenes. Every time Goldmember is eating his skin. And the last <laughs> part Ooh, of every keeper. joke. Every mole joke, I mean, you end up with... Oh, you know what? I forgot to list one of the things that I liked about this movie is that it is a it is a short movie. Uh, it's yeah, like a breezy, yeah. what, like 85 minutes or something? Yeah. 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 So maybe you can't edit it too much or it stops being a movie. <laughs> maybe just then it's a, just, just a TV a short, special. Like a short yeah. at that point. <laughs> Which didn't... Was this, was this an SNL short? Is this one of the movies that started that way? Austin Powers? I think it was just... I don't know. I think it, it was just been. Mike Myers thing. Okay, but I don't. I don't you know if it's one of those MacGruber things. I don't know. I wasn't a. Sorry, Wayne's World things. <laughs> I can hear all the Gen X people screaming at me out there. Excellent. So yeah, Beyonce's in this movie. Oh yeah, that so too. that's fun. Um, as Foxy Cleopatra. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, she 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 does fine with what she's given. I don't think I don't think any of the actors in this movie can be judged, except Mike Myers because he was directly involved in creating it. Michael Caine was in this movie. Yeah. Michael Caine, and he's one of the better parts of this movie. Better emphasis on better. It feels like he and Beyonce are like great, but neither of them really bothered to show up because they understood what was happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, you know what? He gave us that uh, great line about the Dutch, and also one of the movie's few good jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. Please, God, just keep going. Oh, this is going to be a 20-minute podcast episode. <laughs> that, uh, that's fine. How long have we um, been going? Sorry, we're going to have a lot to talk about in the trivia section, I'm sure. Uh, uh, we're at 13 minutes right oh, now. Oh, God. Go, go, but go. I, but I was recording for a bit before we started. Oh, no. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> maybe uh, more people will listen if it's like a 10-minute episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> Uh, Austin and Foxy later meet with Mr. Roboto, who plan, who pleads ignorance about Nigel's whereabouts. Unconvinced, Austin and Foxy infiltrate Roboto's factory, where the command unit for the tractor beam is being loaded into Goldmember's car, and Roboto hands Goldmember a golden key needed to activate the beam. Foxy confronts Goldmember while Austin attempts to free Nigel, but Goldmember escapes with the command unit and flees to Dr. Evil's submarine. Meanwhile, Dr. Evil's son, Scott Evil, has become increasingly evil in an attempt to prove himself to his father, to the point that he too is going bald. Scott presents his father with sharks with laser beams attached to their frickin' heads, a request that had gone unfulfilled in the first film. Dr. Evil replaces Mini-Me with Scott as his favorite son. The rejected Mini-Me defects and joins Austin. <sighs> freaking sharks with freaking laser beams yeah, attached to their freaking there's, heads. There's a lot of character development and subplots, and yeah. just the uh-huh. writing is not good enough for that. Yeah. <laughs> even the sharks thing, I mean, that's kind of funny, but even that is just like, there's really mining from the first movie. It's a callback. You know? it's, it's a, yeah. Are there callbacks to the second movie? Does anybody remember what the fuck the second movie was? I feel like the second movie was also a lot of callbacks to the first movie. Like, Probably rehashed so. joke. They do that same joke where, like, something shows up as, like, 
like where the satellite looks like boobs on the radar and mm-hmm. then they do the whole thing where it's like they look like a big pair of melons fresh melons here yeah. and they, they do that in all three movies yeah that is just a rehash joke and it was funny in the first one it was all right in the second one and it's just tired now and sometimes you just need you just need to make money so you poop out a sequel they also i think they also do the joke the uh the shadow joke where it looks like something uncouth is happening i think that happens in all of them i think yeah. in this one though is actually decently entertaining with with mini me where he's looks like his arm is the dick and he's tossing the apple up to him and yeah then, i mean we haven't gotten there yet but that part was hilarious to me. <laughs> i just i do like I the mean, physical comedies and that's like a really kind of a fun setup yeah i do remember enjoying that in all of the movies i think the first one like they was like they were in the tent or something like that and like the she was like like it looked it looked like she was she pulling, was, things, pull, out pull, ass, pulling things out of his ass <laughs> and okay. yeah it was it was entertaining it was entertaining so you know uh, listen the physical comedy Seth green is in this movie yeah <laughs> yeah so many good actors in this movie wasn't he in the first two though maybe the second one i think he was i think he was in all three because i think the second one is the second one where minimi comes in or is minimi coming in the first one too? i think minimi doesn't come in until two yeah i think it's the second one um, also, I don't mean to make enemies with every actor we talk about on here, but uh, are we considering Seth Green a good actor? He's been in good movies. Yeah, he he, he can be, and I mean, has been yes. in the past. We really like that Up the Creek movie, or Without oh, a Paddle. But, uh, that movie wasn't good, but yeah. what, what I blame Dax Shepard for that. Wasn't he in um, Rat Race? Yes, I enjoyed Rat Race. I'm, that one mm. might also not hold up, but. <laughs> Or, it also I, I had Rowan like, Atkinson as yeah, a pretty great yeah, character. I feel like Rowan Atkinson's <laughs> character is one of the ones that doesn't hold up, probably. Probably. I'm just watching the uh, a penis joke right now. It's pretty good. It's the only good part of the movie. Oh. Just watch this four-minute YouTube video and skip the whole movie. Mm, there you go. Well, also, you got to watch the scene that Tom Cruise is in. It's true. You yeah. get cameos from everyone from... Uh, Hollywood mega stars to uh, people we don't like to talk about anymore. Gwyneth Paltrow, Danny yeah. DeVito. <laughs> no, we love to talk about Danny DeVito. Danny oh, DeVito is no. a treasure. He was on that show about those Philly guys. Hey assholes. Anyway, continue. Sorry, I was quoting Danny DeVito from this movie. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, and that was me explaining the joke because it's I have to for this movie because it, I have to keep with the theme which is that I have to explain everything because our audience is dumb. Yeah. Yeah, this is actually a really like nuanced commentary on the yeah. whole film, this podcast that we're doing. We're like, uh-huh. let's make something that feels like it's drawn out way longer than it's justified. It's not that funny, and you over-explain things to the audience. Yeah, I hope you're still laughing because it really wasn't funny to begin with. Austin, Foxy, and Minimi infiltrate the submarine, but Austin is captured. Dr. Evil prepares to activate the tractor beam, but Foxy has stolen the key and frees Austin. Austin prepares to shoot Dr. Evil when Nigel appears and reveals that Austin and Dr. Evil are both his sons. Dr. Evil tells him that his parents died in a car accident, but Nigel reveals that the explosion came from an assassination attempt, and he thought that only Austin survived and didn't know that Dr. Evil survived, too, until after the two Belgians made him evil. Dr. Evil and Austin embrace, enraging Scott, who flees to pursue his own vengeance, while Goldmember commandeers the tractor beam's controls, unzipping his pants to reveal his gold-covered genitals to be a spare key. Goldmember activates the tractor beam, but Austin and Dr. Evil work together to reverse its polarity, destroying the meteor and saving the world. 
Nice. I do want to say I really appreciate that this movie acknowledges the the just horrible evil that is you know Belgians as well. Um, <laughs> it's it's very important. It's to a me. very anti-Belgian movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would history's be, worst monsters. Some I, might say. I feel like this movie probably did worse than it did everywhere else in the country of Belgium. I don't know. Maybe they're fine. Maybe they're happy that somebody finally called them on their shit. <laughs> we are evil. Yeah. Just like the Dutch. So similar to the Dutch. Was, isn't, wasn't this actually a James Bond thing where it was, he was like somehow the actual brother of his biggest enemy? Probably. Wasn't that some um, like weird twist that they had with Blofeld? There was something in Spectre. I think it ended up not being Blofeld, but somebody was like using the name Blofeld. Oh, okay. And it, that ended up being like his like foster brother or something like that. Okay. But I remember watching one of the old Bond movies once and then suddenly understanding more of the Austin Powers references. Like Dr. Evil is very clearly modeled off of Blofeld from the old Bond movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I never would have known that because I didn't watch them because they suck. Oh. What about that one where there's like that shark submarine thing that he has to fight on a beach? I don't know. It was, that was, sounds it was, boring. It was super campy. It sounds boring. Sounds like I'd rather watch all the Mission Impossible movies ten times. That's fair. It's fair. Yeah, yeah, okay. Especially Mission Impossible 2. Especially Mission Impossible 4. All right. Agree to disagree. We can all daydream about what it would have been like if Jeremy Renner had gotten to be the new star of the franchise. Probably like, not oh, good. Man, this is still like a probably not good. It's like a B minus movie because Jeremy Renner. I don't <laughs> think he's a little bit less handsome, a little bit less charismatic, a lot less charismatic, a little bit less dedicated to stunts, a lot less charming, a little bit less of a physical actor. Probably would have been really bad. Like man, wow, this could, this could have been amazing. I feel like Mission Impossible without Tom Cruise is just garbage. I'm just waiting for Simon Pegg to take over as the main character. I think that'll work. You no, know, I'd well. watch that. That I would watch. I, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'd watch that. That's what I want. A Mission I think Impossible. Movie. It would be a very different series, but I would watch it. Oh, but what if what if he pulls a Chris Pratt and gets hot? You could, do, you could, <laughs> and then immediately could, stops being hot, and then they make that joke in the next movie about how he's getting fat. Sure, you could do like a Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy version of Mission Impossible, where it's just all of the like boring parts of being a spy, and you follow Simon Pegg, and then it turns out that the enemy that time is newly promoted director of IMF, Ethan Hunt, and he just walks into the room and hey, Ethan, and shoots him, what and then twist. movie over. Yeah. <laughs> And I then love, he pulls uh, his mask off, and he's Ving Rhames. <laughs> and everyone's like, is that offensive? I'm not sure. Wait. <laughs> I love how we're so into this movie that we're talking about a completely different franchise. Anything else, A hypothetical please. Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> I would watch a hypothetical Mission Impossible movie before I had to watch this Austin Powers movie again. Uh, what about was Austin Powers Austin, 4? Was the first Austin Powers better than this? Would you rather watch the first Austin I don't Powers know. than See, this? I meant to go back and watch at least the first one to get a better, like a better. If I remember correctly, it, when I was yeah. younger, I liked the second one the best. The first one was just after the second one, and then this one was way lower. So okay. I think the first two are probably better. I do like, and I'm currently watching the scene where he's having the mojo fight with all the the um, sex bots. The sex bots. Yeah. I also like that one line where he says. Uh, too bad that Jessica turned out to be a sex bot or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know it, it is. It is kind of a, in its own way, it is a pretty good. Um, oh, hey, sorry, Mason. Just a second. Uh, Donovan got a text. Oh, so yeah. We should stop and uh, 
just try to figure I'm not actually mad at that. I just remember from the last episode <laughs> I was listening to that I gave you shit for it. So I'm yeah, <laughs> giving you more shit for it. Uh, okay, uh, so anyways, the heroes arrest Goldmember, who turns to the camera to reveal the entire string of events was adapted into a film by Steven Spielberg, starring Tom Cruise as Austin, Kevin Spacey as Dr. Evil, Danny DeVito as Minnie-Me, and John Travolta as Goldmember. Austin, Foxy, Dr. Evil, Minnie-Me, and Nigel are in the audience of a Hollywood theater watching the film. Upon exiting the theater, they run into Fat Bastard, now thin but with sagging, hanging flesh, thanks to the Subway diet. As Austin and Foxy kiss in Dr. Evil's Hollywood lair, Scott, now completely bald, dressed like and laughing in a manner similar to his father, declares he will get his revenge on Austin before dancing to Michael Jackson. During the end credits, Britney Spears talks with Minnie-Me, asking him if she can give him her cell phone number. Can you talk about how this movie has Kevin Spacey, The Subway Diet, and Michael Jackson all within like oh, two God. minutes of each other? Yeah, this is a all... real yikes movie for 2020. <laughs> you know, they didn't know. They didn't know. Well, okay, yeah, you know, know what? Actually, all those child molesters. Actually, a lot of people seem to know about uh, the Kevin Spacey when, when it all kind of started to come out. The Michael Jackson one fascinates me, too, because mm-hmm. I've, I feel like, you know, I, I never really followed that really closely, but I just sort of you know, assumed that the vague cultural consciousness was correct about it. And it very much went both ways. It was yeah. like, oh, yeah, Michael Jackson, definitely a child molester. And then at some point, it was like, oh, yeah, Michael Jackson, definitely falsely accused by a bunch of people. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of swung back a little bit to like, well, oh, all right, docu- we do have a lot of child molesters. Yeah, in and the, the documentary that came out. The industry. There was a new documentary that came out started to sway people back over to the... Oh, I yeah, it was fucking horrifying. Yeah. I, I never, watched that. I never watched it, but... The feel-bad movie of the year. Mm. But we can all agree that Subway is bad. Yeah, definitely. Subway as a restaurant uh, company is bad. Just inferior to Quiznos, you mean? Uh, yeah, and to Schlotsky's and to just about any other sandwich. How do you I'd feel say. about Herber and Gerber's? Herber and Gerber? Uh, do you guys do you ever go, I don't, go to that place? I don't know what that is. It's Okay, I'll look it up. I'm not making this up. <laughs> Are, bam, 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 bam. Okay. Uh, I will also say they left out uh, Gwyneth Paltrow as um, some probably really dumb sexual pun name oh yeah what the hell was she, she was she was generic bond girl or i guess in this case powers girl but uh but yeah just wanted to throw her in there she was but oh she had some kind dixie of... normous that's it go. that's the one yeah yeah uh anyway that, that, pun. that said though that really is spot on for james bond like it i wouldn't be surprised if they already had a girl named Dixie Normous. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you guys about Pussy something. Galore. They wow. literally named a character. <laughs> Pussy Galore. The, 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 That's the, true. Pussy Galore. Yeah, but yeah. you know, that was back. That, it was a different time. It was a different time. So it's called Herbert and Gerberts. And okay. it's basically like Subway or Quistos, right? We used to have one of these across the street from where I worked. Um, it's not open anymore for some reason. Their whole shtick is that, you know, is that they scoop out the, the top half of the bread and that they put it on top of the sandwich because they're like, you don't want to miss your bread. Right. We give you your bread back. We give you the guts back. And oh. so their mascot is like Mr. Guts or Mr. Guts here or something, and he just like scooped out bread. <laughs> okay. It's the weirdest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. What, we, where we can did, I find one that of at, these uh, places? We did that at Jimmy John's too. We scooped the bread out, and some people would ask for the guts back. Yeah. No. Oh. Interesting. tried to make a thing of it. Unfortunately, there was a Jimmy John's two doors down, so well, yeah, they didn't survive very long. Yeah, yeah, that, that'll not, hurt. Not going to win that one. So, yeah, this movie. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about our favorite sandwich places for a while, please. Uh, please, well, anything but this. Well, uh, 
Thunderbolt subs or Thundercloud subs. I think it's Thundercloud is a pretty solid place. It's Austin local though. So okay. uh, I like Golden Shake. They do chicken salad sandwiches. That's pretty delicious sometimes. New York sub hub here in Denton. That's uh, under threat of being closed down by UNT because UNT sucks. Uh, mm-hmm. Burn down UNT. That's, that's you, you heard know, it here first. You know what? I actually don't agree with uh, <laughs> either of those things you guys are saying, but uh, I'm going to not have this well, conversation on air because it would make me nervous. Well, oh, that's fair. You I'm and, sorry. UNT should leave local businesses alone. Okay, but why? Uh, we'll have this conversation off mic. <laughs> cool. Let's get into some fun facts and background info about Austin Powers and Gold Members. Alright, this movie was made on a $63 million budget and, shockingly enough, made $296.7 million. So, extremely successful box office. Probably riding on the coattails of the first two movies, I would assume. Yeah, it's solid proof that you can poop out a sequel to something that was fairly successful and do just... You know, it's a good, I guess, prelude to a lot of movie industry to come for the next couple decades after. It was probably true before then, too, but... Uh, so Rotten Tomatoes critically 54%, which is surprisingly higher than the audience score, which was 44%. <laughs> oh my God. Um, How do critics like this more than the audience? I, I don't know. Metacritic Maybe also... they like that it. it's got a bunch of James Bond references in there. That's fair. Uh, critics love movies about Hollywood. Oh, right. And the, fir- <laughs> and the first portion of this is a lot, of, is a lot about Hollywood. Yep. Uh, Metacritic, uh, 62 from the critics 6.7 audience score actually better received through metacritics Mm. uh system so okay um tom did not do any stunts and he did not run so Um, he was not the one actually parachuting down no okay um i'm pretty sure he did not it was not actually him until he turned around and said yeah baby okay i mean fair enough because this was just a cameo that he probably got paid way too much money for because it's tom fucking cruise uh but yeah anyway there's that you want to do some checklists uh checklists some checklist checklists yeah Yeah. do some checklists we got gold member which was made in what year the 2002 uh i don't even fucking remember yeah 2002 early 2000s are there two women in this movie Yes. yes There's Frau Farbisma. Okay, there we and, go. And Foxy and Cleopatra. Foxy Cleopatra <laughs> and Dixie Normus. And um, Fook Me and Fook You. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Are they named? Yes. yes. <laughs> do they talk to each other? Yeah, Fook Me and Fook You definitely talk no, to each talk other. No, they talk to Austin and just kind of reference each other. I don't think that anyone... I thought they turned to each other and laughed. Does that not count? That, no, that, <laughs> no. That 100% does not count. <laughs> no, we're not going to say that counts. Uh, okay, so they failed the rest of those. Uh, <laughs> sexy lamp. I mean, Foxy Cleopatra's. She's a pretty sexy lamp here. Pretty hey, lampy. Sexy. She has character. her own motivations. Well, that's not right. what that's not what the sexy lamp test is about. Yeah, but if you took her out, would the story make sense? No, because the story didn't make sense anyway. <laughs> would you have to work really hard to make the uh, story make sense? I'm pretty sure she's the one that that uh, stopped that stopped uh, the. Uh, or uh, shit, gold members, girls from killing Austin at least. So I, I don't think she can be uh, classified as a sexy lamp. 
No, I'm I'm gonna die on this hill. Guys. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, if we're very this <laughs> this is based, she has an impact on the plot. Okay, this is based on James Bond, and in probably ninety five percent of James Bond movies, the Bond girl is a sexy lamp. Probably hundred so, percent. No, Vesper Lynn in Casino Royale was not a sexy lamp. But anyways, okay. yeah, I'll I'll go with you, sexy lamp on this one. Yeah, I think I. I your, uh, your point we, is taken, Mason. You I could be technically correct, but I still think you guys are morally correct, yes. and I agree with you. Oh, is there, is there, is there a moral component to the checklist? Spiritually correct. <laughs> <laughs> the spirit of the sexy lamb. Clearly, I just think I just like I'm trying to think of like anything that Foxy Cleopatra did that you couldn't write around in like two seconds, and I can't think of anything. Uh, uh, not the, the movie certainly doesn't fall apart without her. Not that this is a, any defense, but I did think the scene where she's talking to Austin through the guy yeah. mimicking was uh, entertaining. Yeah, probably also, one of the better parts of the movie. Also, one of the better Aust- gags. Austin would not have been able to communicate with uh, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't have uh, understood the <laughs> subtitle uh, snafu. Uh, uh, tell you what, I'll give you Sexy Lamp with a post-it note because of that information <laughs> scene, and I will give you no more than that. Okay. Uh, Makamori, obviously, no, right? She had her own motivations. Okay. Did she have her <laughs> own she... arc that was not supporting a man? No Absolutely arc, though. Absolutely not. Uh, okay. No. Unsung no. heroes. Unsung heroes. Tom Cruise uh, for agreeing to be in this movie. <laughs> Whoever stopped making these movies, even though they were wildly profitable, there was there was some reason that they hadn't gone on to make another one. Um, but oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Are there any unsung heroes for this movie? Fern Troyer, you know, yeah. he really shows up for his role. Oh, okay. Sure. I was a fan of him. I mean, all of the big actors who were in this for agreeing to be in this movie. <laughs> Danny like, DeVito really Tom, all the Tom Cruise, Danny DeVito, Michael Caine. Yeah. I mean, at the time, Kevin Spacey. I, I mean, I don't Not really Kevin Spacey. At the time, <laughs> he's a very villain. good actor. <laughs> <laughs> Unsung villain, Kevin Spacey. Uh, Dr. Volto, oh my God. Oh, you know what? All the, pe- <laughs> all, the people, all the people who had to put up with being in the, uh, the hard knock life. Rap okay. sequence. <laughs> yeah. All those people who were dancing in prison uniforms. Yeah, everyone who just yeah. Everyone who had to put up with being in that for I'm a like, paycheck. Wow, I'm trying to be an actor. <laughs> this is what I get to do. Um okay, we got <laughs> we have Lestats or Louis. Just put the movie as the Louis. <laughs> like the entire movie. Actually, yeah, I mean it would definitely be Michael Myers for me for the Louis. I just feel like everything he's doing is a bummer. Part, <laughs> I, I, part of this movie that I don't like. It's just like every time I'm like, oh, it's like whenever Dr. Evil shows up or Fat Bastard. Fat or Bastard especially. Gold member, and it's just, I don't. Uh. Hey, by the way, did you guys know that he played four characters in this movie? <laughs> Quick, I, I had no idea. Quit stealing my trivia. trivia. <laughs> oh, uh, Michael Caine for Lestat. Yeah, I guess. Michael Caine or Beyonce. He, he does make this movie somewhat I mean, more tolerable. I think Michael Caine and Beyonce give their best. Uh-huh. And, you know, you can feel it. You can feel they're trying, which is admirable because I, you, you couldn't fault them for not trying yeah. with this hunk of shit that we had to watch. Yeah. So. Now, I did remember, though, when we were talking about the reasons for why they uh, they haven't made a fourth Austin Powers, at least according to the director, um, was that uh, the actor who played Mini-Me passed away. 
Hmm. And hmm. he's like, ah, Minnie is very central to this. So we can really fair. don't feel oh, like yeah. we can keep doing it without him. Yeah. Also, there's a moral imperative not to continue making these movies because they're <laughs> yes. bad. But I mean, and they give Mike Myers money. I will say, I will say though, like, like Minnie died not that long ago, so it's a very long time between three and four. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. what the other reasons were why it took him so long to even think about making an Austin Powers four. Maybe they just realized that. Maybe Mike Myers wanted good. to move on to other big projects of his, like Love Guru and Love Guru Two and Cat in the Hat. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, you guys got a got a movie and or book that you'd want to recommend. You know, I watched Groundhog Day again recently, and okay. it's a really fucking good movie. Just go watch Groundhog Day again. Yeah. I know that right now, you, I'm saying as I'm saying that, you're like, I don't want to watch Groundhog Day. I've seen it like ten times, but you watch it again, and you're like, No, I like this just as much as the other ten times. It's almost like you're Stuck. Bill Murray in the yeah. movie. Exactly. Yeah. It's just the same thing. Slowly over falling in love again. with the beautiful things around you. Uh, let's see. I'll I'll do two recommendations. One is American Factory, which is an Oscar nominated uh, at the time that this comes out, maybe Oscar winning, but at the time we were recording, we don't know yet. Wow, uh, you jinxed documentary. it. Hey, I think it's and to win. or gave it the the cruising it boost. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll find out. Um Edit this to make me correct. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, this stuff pretty good pretty good uh documentary about, you know. A lot of different things, yeah. Workers' unions, uh, mm-hmm. the difference between the China and the U.S. in terms of you know working conditions and you know work ethic and stuff like that. You know, it's very interesting. And also weathering with you, which we just saw yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you enjoy your anime movies, weathering with you. Yeah, yeah if you like great. movies, the, the top ten movies where the protagonist turns out to be the bad guy. If you like. <laughs> Well, there is uh, that. I mean, no that's, spoilers. That's though. a discussion you can definitely have. But uh, I am um, I'm all in on Makoto Shinkai movies. Um, I've watched uh, two full length and one short movie that he's done, and all three have been great. One of which, Your Name, is probably in my top five movies of all time. So, yeah, go go see it out if you're into anime, or if you're not, you know, I think yeah, you don't have to like anime to like the, like his movies. Broaden your horizons. Yeah. Uh, don't watch anime. Uh, by the <laughs> way, it's called Call Me By Your Name. No, it's not. You it's called it Your Name. Call Me no, By Your called, Name is call that me by your gay name. movie. That's watch gay all, movies. That's also really, really <laughs> good. And I do, I do recommend that as well. But I did. Well, what if they made an anime movie. version of Call Me By Your Name? All right, everybody. Top five gay movies. Go. Uh, <laughs> call Me By Your Name. Uh-huh. Moulin Rouge, obviously. I did not like Moulin Rouge. The okay, but it's a gay movie. The Terminator. The Terminator. <laughs> I hardly know her. I, yeah, I follow. Yeah. I follow. Yeah. Uh, uh, Goon. Goonies. Yeah, the Goonies. Yeah, Goonies. <laughs> I'm just saying movies. <laughs> not necessarily have to be gay. Um, and her. All right. <laughs> that movie was pretty gay. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Anyways, did you have anything to recommend? Uh, I'm just gonna recommend. Um, yeah, let's go with... Uh, this is your own category. You should have an answer for this. I really should. I'm just going to go with Casino Royale. Uh, okay, fair enough. Watch a, Which watch a solid James Bond movie. The, the Watch the best James Bond movie. Yeah, the mo- more recent one. Yeah. yeah. I, think I, I haven't seen the original probably one. Probably the, the other one There's was, a lot of people the other one was not an official James Bond film. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's not okay, done by okay. Eon Productions or whatever. Okay. So it's not yeah. in my box set. It wasn't uh, authorized by Lord Broccoli. 
Yes, the broccoli. Uh, the broccolis did not approve of that one. Um, the broccolis. Lord broccoli. <laughs> I don't actually know if they pronounce it broccoli or. It's got to be right. Come on. Broccoli. It looks like. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey uh, I'm a lord. I'm a British lord of broccoli. <laughs> I make a, I make a British spy thriller. Ah. <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> God save the queen. Oh man, we haven't made fun of Italy in a while. It's a, a throwback to early cruising. Uh, yeah, I am a very Protestant. Maybe that's why <laughs> our listener counts the dropped. We've stopped making fun of the Italians. Yeah, there you go. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> trivia. This will be pretty short because uh, all of the trivia was pretty um, just ridiculous. Uh, director Jay Roach's first cut of this movie ran three hours long. How? So could you imagine a three hour long gold member? Oh, they just explained the jokes further. Probably. <laughs> um, also, Sir Sean Connery was considered to play Nigel Powers over Michael Caine. Why did he turn it down? Amazing. <laughs> that would have been pretty good. It also Why didn't he want to do it? It also would have been a nice throwback to James Bond. Because it really would have. he played James Bond. So um, uh, this is Michael Myers' favorite Austin Powers movie because he has terrible taste. Mike. <laughs> Mike. Uh, also, Austin Pussy, which was the name of the movie within the movie of this one was the original name considered for Austin Pyre's a spy who shagged me, but concerns over the name uh, led to it being changed. And so they used it for this one. Yeah. Concerns being con- concerns about the name stopped the Austin Powers franchise from using it, but not the James Bond franchise from filming and releasing Octopussy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. Michael Myers does play four characters in this movie. Really? Yes. Austin Powers, Dr. Evil, Fat Bastard, and Gold Member. Also, he, Johan Vandersmoot. Uh, he also adds a one thing, in case y'all didn't already know this. It's pretty obvious. He adds a new character each movie. He only had two in the first mm-hmm. one, then Fat Bastard and third Gold Member in this mm-hmm. one. So there's that. Uh, also, the studio reportedly had a laundry list of potential alt- alternate names, including Live and Let Shag, You Only Shag Thrice, Never Say Member Again, and License to Shag. So License to Shag. Very, to shag. very creative. You guys have a license to shag? You guys want to go to Shagino Royale? Hang on. How, how many more of these can we do? Shagfall. Can we not Shit. do this on air? <laughs> <laughs> the man with the golden shag. <laughs> Just replace one word in there with the word shag and you got an Austin Bell. Quantum yeah. of shag. <laughs> or wait, wait. Shag of solace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that's... Hang on, we, do, uh, we just did, we just did okay, two whoa, jokes hey, better than the movie. About, uh, uh, sure. no, no, no time to shag. Uh, Come on. Uh, from Russia with Shag? No, hang on. Uh, uh, Her Majesty's <laughs> Her Majesty's Shaggy Service. Secret Shag. <laughs> <laughs> Thunder Shag. <laughs> all right, that's all we have on Goldmember. Shagger. Shagger. Spec Shag. Hire us for Austin Powers 4. Uh, join us next time when we mercifully watch a better movie, The Last Samurai. <laughs> I'm Donovan Bruce. If you like this episode, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and check out our letterbox for our Tom Cruise movie rankings and other general movie stuff. Gcatspedia.com <laughs> <laughs> is our website. G <laughs> as in groovy, baby. <laughs> Catspedia.com. Just go there. <laughs> 
and I'm Mason Kuzmich. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at CruisinItPod at C-R-U-I-S-I-N-I-T-P-O-D. Thanks. And you've been listening to Cruising It. Dr. Evil plans to travel back in time to 1975 and bring back Johan van der Smoot, also known as Goldmember, who developed a cold fusion unit for tractor... Ba- uh, see, you know, I don't remember what was in the thing, so when you change that, I can't remember the actual Meteor. Thing. Meteor made of gold. <laughs> I'm sorry, I remember the plot of this movie, I feel bad about that. Anyways, okay, <laughs> sort of roll it back. Roll it back, Doug.